0: Hey everyone, I'm Kristen Howerton, a writer and a psychotherapist. And I'm Rue Powell, an admitted workaholic and self-care Luddite. And you are listening to Selfie, a weekly podcast about women learning to take better care of themselves.
1: We think self-care is important, but it can
0: simultaneously be elusive. Right. hey guys, well today we're going to be chatting with BJ about a topic that a lot of people have been talking about in our selfie Facebook community, which if you are not a member of, you should be because it is a beautiful, um, beautiful form of support. But a lot of you guys have been asking what to do with your kids who have a lot of anxiety about going back to school, being back at school, especially as Delta variant is raging. But first I'm going to do a check in with Rue. Hey Rue. Hey Kristen, how are you? I am good, but I have to say, um, speaking of the Delta variant, this is Uh-oh. the first time we record in batches, and so it's been a couple weeks, but um we had COVID hit our house. And all of you are vaccinated. And all of us are vaccinated. Yes. What happened? So um I sent two of my kids to a church camp. Now, this part the part that's on me is that I did not really do a lot of research about what their COVID rules would be, I made some assumptions. Um, We have some we live in California, where, you know, there are still rules in place for things. And so I thought they'd be following the California camp rules. Mm. Um, But also, to be honest, I said yes to the camp in June, the camp was in late July. But back when I said yes, just things seemed really different than they do now. Yes. Remember June? Remember June? Yes, I do. When we the, got our those, vaccines and we thought we were good. Those three glorious
1: weeks where yeah. we thought we saw the light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I love those weeks. I, I, know. I miss
0: those three weeks. So I sent two kids to the camp. Um, immediately after camp, I start hearing stories of people testing positive. And so mm. my kids, Cambay and India, have no symptoms. But we're definitely exposed. So I immediately quarantine us in the house, which means I don't know who's been exposed to who, right? So at this point, any of us could have it, technically. um, Because Kembe slept in a room with Jafta for one night, blah, blah, blah. Fortunately, while all this was happening, Karis was out of town. And Kembe and India didn't have exposure to each other, although they were both at the camp. So anyway, blah, blah, blah. I immediately test them. Kembe's comes back positive. Despite being vaccinated, the good news is um, he had no symptoms, none whatsoever. Um, he felt perfectly fine. We only knew because we tested. Um, right. and then I kept testing him and by day by day three, he was testing negative. So I think it passed through his system very quickly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But it was really stressful because um, and I know I, I want to first of all acknowledge, people have much worse COVID experiences. Like this is a very minor COVID experience, but I want to talk about it because I think that there is this assumption that like, if you don't get sick, it's fine, right? Like if you don't die, it's no big deal. Uh. If you don't get sick, it's no big deal. If you're vaccinated, it's no big deal. But like the result of him getting COVID meant our whole family was quarantined from one another for a week Um, he had to stay home from football practice for 10 days, even after testing negative, just because that's, you know, the quarantine rules. Um, they talked about quarantining the entire football team, which meant they would have all missed their first game. Um, India was exposed and she was in a play. So there was concern, like if she had it, she would not be able to be in the play. So it was just a really stressful week. Um, and one of the people involved I was very frustrated with because they were not vaccinated, one of the adults. And they told me, well, it's a personal decision.
1: That affects everyone.
0: And I just, right, like, I just want to tell this story just to say, like, nothing about this was personal. Like, it affected the ripples, you know, only because Karis was at a church camp, was she not at her normal summer school program. So they might have had to quarantine, you know, and God forbid, one of these kids, has given it to someone who's immunocompromised. But this became a massive super spreader event. Like we're talking dozens of kids got COVID. Mm-hmm. Most of them not vaccinated. Well, so.
1: it's, it's interesting. I mean, I'm I'm so glad that everyone's okay. We're kind of going through – well, last week was supposed to be camp for my eldest. And it says mm-hmm. like camp for like I want to say 13 to 16. Mm-hmm. And you go daily trips. Uh, yep. And you know, yeah. I just want to say yes. Like, look, I'm really sorry. I think I'm going to pull you. And she is, has like just this, she's very mature emotionally. And she said, I understand. It's okay. I'm not upset. So that was last week. And uh, a bunch of kids went. And then we've, you know, someone posted in the mom's group that, one of the camp counselors tested positive for COVID, and now all of those kids have to get tested because you don't—they're not going to say which counselor it was, right? So, but they're all on the bus together, so they all have to get tested. And then these kids have siblings who aren't vaccinated, and like one of them is—you know—you know—we're we're kind of my eldest daughter is good friends with, and so she had spent time with her. So now, anyway. All that said, my 13-year-old is currently in her bedroom <laughs> Yeah, with a stack of books and her phone and snacks, and that is where she will stay until tomorrow when we get the results of her test back.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But it's just, you know, and it's, like, I'm, I'm very glad that she didn't go because now it's just maybe she's a secondary contact, perhaps. Right. Not, like, or maybe tertiary, which is... Much better than if she was, had been next to someone. And, you know, my two other ones are, one, unvaccinated. Two, they have really bad asthma. So I, um, even when it's not, even when it's not positive, and I'm sure in, your, in because it was positive in your case, it was stressful. Even when it's not positive and it's just the concern, yes. Yes. it's still stressful. Oh, like, absolutely. It's a, just a monkey wrench in your entire
0: day and then you're weak. Or and you're, weak. you're Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, to your point, I was actually more stressed about India than I was about Kembe, who was positive, because India had been rehearsing a play and she was in tech week. So if she had turned positive, like Kembe might have missed a game, but there will be more games, right? Right. But if Kembe and also theater is more important than sports, (laughs) I'm kidding, (laughs) Um, but you know. But, you know, it's, it's a different it's a different deal. If she had been positive, she would have missed the entire play that she'd been rehearsing for. And she already had a play canceled due to COVID at the beginning of COVID. Mm. So I was I actually did not sleep for an entire night out of concern for India. Right, right, because the stakes were just a little higher. So yeah, it right, is right. And, and I'm just, you know, I am and I know many of us are worried about going into the school year, that it's just going to be another year of disappointments, based on quarantines and exposures and cancellations.
1: Yeah, yeah. You I know? mean, you know, I homeschooled the girls this past year, this year, we're planning on sending them, they're enrolled. Yeah. And now like, is this year even better than last year at this point?
0: Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I know. So,
1: it is I find it stressful to the point where I am having I could feel the cortisol rising in my body yeah. <laughs> levels.
0: I know. And
1: anyway, yeah. So, uh I very much empathize.
0: Yeah. I know. Well, okay, related to this, my two thumbs up are I have four <laughs> and they're all <laughs> COVID related because, you know, it was so surreal um, getting a diagnosis this late in the game, right? Like we've tried so hard. We're a year and some in and it was just, it was weird. I don't know. It was just very surreal, like actually having a COVID case in the house after all this time. But anyway, um, number one, and I would recommend this for anyone who has kids going into school or, you know, people who work in an office or anyone who's going to be regularly exposed this fall because Delta is insidious. Um, I found these self tests that work like pregnancy tests. Um, So you, you know, stick the swab up your nose and then you insert the swab into the test and then a line goes up and it shows you if you're positive or negative. So you don't have to stand in line. You don't have to make an appointment. You can find out right at home. Um, And it's the brand is Binax now. um, And you can order them on Amazon. Now, these are not PCRs. These are not PCRs. They're-, they're rapid. So they're mm-hmm. antigen. Um, but for me, it was a really good way to test all of us because I was testing us every single day for a week. Um, you know, because it's interesting. If you're vaccinated, you are not recommended that you, if you have an exposure, it's not recommended that you have to stay home for 10 days. Right. But I didn't feel ethical after an exposure sending my kids out to their normal stuff.
1: No, I agree, yeah.
0: So, I felt better testing every day. Or like, you know, these are great. Like we just went on a vacation with with a couple other families for a weekend and we're all vaccinated, but we're all concerned, so we all did these right before we left, just as a, you know, just like, hey, let's all just do a test at home. Um, but they're affordable. They're just a good way if you need a quick a quick answer, you know? because the pcrs can take 24 to 72 hours to come back um mm-hmm. so i actually used all of ours up and then i have just now since ordered like a ton more for myself um i just have a big stack of them in the garage um, and they're pretty affordable too i think when i say they're it comes out to like ten dollars $10, $10 a maybe? test yeah. yeah pretty good deal they're a little backed up on amazon but worth ordering um worth ordering in advance yeah
1: i saw them and some places don't have it but if you have like a local cvs some of them carry
0: it too they do um walgreens has them too but like i went to walgreens to pick them up and they only had four in the whole store yeah so yeah and they were more expensive at walgreens they were like 30 bucks at walgreens but they're like a two pack is 20 bucks on on amazon
1: I wish these were, one, I feel like they should be covered by, you should be able to pay with like an HSA card. I know. These. And yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's great. It kind of reminds me of when you're trying to get pregnant and you're just yeah, like taking the test every morning exactly. when you wake up. Yeah.
0: Exactly. I was testing obsessively. Um, and then um, I, I had all of this stuff on hand just, you know, back when, I mean, March of 2020, when all of this started, I think many of us just shopped for like, assuming we're all gonna, you know, be holed up in our house with the plague. But I had bought a bunch of Kinderlight, which is great for, you know, hydration. So Kembé was drinking Kinderlite, like nothing else. Um, what, what, is
1: that like Pedialyte?
0: It's like Pedialyte. Yeah. Is yeah. it like a, it's just
1: like a... Bedroom? Electrolytes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Got it. Yeah. Just major, major electrolytes. Um, and then... um I had a supplement called new shield immunity defense. So we all started taking that. And then we all have been taking these mega food D three gummies. So mm-hmm. vitamin D gummies. So that was our um, regimen <laughs> while, while we had it in the house. Uh, but yeah, Kembe did not, you know, I, and and I attribute it to the vaccine. He didn't affect and infect anybody else in the house. That's great. Um, yeah. But, but he did have it. Yeah. Wow. What do you have for two thumbs up today? Um. Well, mine are not. Well, no, mine are not
1: COVID related. Um, one is this has been the palest I've ever been because I am religiously applying sunscreen. <laughs> um. I was comparing photos of me now to when I would just lie out in the sun and turn very dark brown. Anyway, your hands, I always put it on my face and then I forget about my hands. So I really like this you know your hands show aging there's anything wrong with that but your hands show aging kind of like your face does so i got this it's very cheap gold bond age defense spf and it's for your hands and i just put put it on my hands every morning before i drive to work
0: nice and
1: i suppose it's you know keeping my hands younger i'm not sure um but i was I was watching a video about people now getting filler in their hands, too. What? Yes, to make them
0: look less, Oh, my you know. gosh. Are we doing that? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm no, not No, I'm doing not. It, but I'm just saying, now I have to, like, feel pressure about my freaking hands. I know. I know. <laughs> that is crazy. Yes,
1: uh, the internet has showed me so many things that I haven't been self-conscious about that I should be. (laughs) Like, hello. Oh, I didn't know that. Hip dips? Okay. Do I have hip dips? Hip dips are bad? Why am I only hearing now about hip dips? What's a hip dip? Okay. So you know how, I guess, the ideal body shape is this really nice hour of us, right? Like it's Mm -hmm. small waist, large hips, big butt now, which, by the way, in the 90s was not it. Everyone was... Like Kate Moss and yes. everyone was like just a rail, but a large, like large, but wider hips. But, um, if you, your, your hips might dip in a little bit, just the way that your hips are shaped and people try to do exercises to make their hips stronger or their butt bigger. So you don't have, so you have the hourglass, not like an hourglass, it's like a little jut at the end.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't, I, I just like, I'm learning new things I'm supposed to be insecure about daily. Okay,
0: good. Well, I, we can add hip dips to thigh gap. Is that kind of in that lane? Yeah,
1: hip dips, thigh gap. And now, you know, when you're getting filler for like your cheek and your lip, ask if they can toss some in your hands too. Just yeah. Something oh my gosh.
0: And then the what's your other ve- one?
1: <laughs> next, it's very, very functional. And... Um, you know how there are like little things that stress you out and you don't realize it until it, mm-hmm. it happens. So I have, I have bought one of those two packs of those super crazy long iPhone chargers. Mm-hmm. Like the really, really long ones, like They can stretch all the way across the living room because there's nothing worse than being, I mean, there's plenty of things worse, but when you're kind of leashed to your phone and yes. you can't like, you ever hang off the bed at a weird oh, angle for sure. because it doesn't quite reach all the way. For sure. Anyway, these are cheap. I like these and I was irritated. (laughs) I was irritated one day, so I looked for these and then I bought a bunch. So everyone in my house right now is—it's like having the kitchen phone from the '90s with a long spiral cord, like the phone that attached to the wall. It's kind of like that. So I—that's what I'm using. That is—that has been my um,
0: (laughs) my self care this week. So funny! Oh my gosh! I actually speaking of phone cords. I ended up buying because the thing that's stressing me out is now I feel like everything I own requires a different cord or mm-hmm. th- like the attachment, right? So I have an iPhone, that's the fire, and then I, or lightning or whatever. Then I have headphones and that's a USB C. And then I have mm-hmm. a Kindle, which takes a USB micro. So I'm like, I need to have three freaking cords everywhere I go. And so I just ended up buying these cords that have all three on the end.
1: Well, this is why they do this, right? Because then you become an Apple devotee. I know. And now you have to get the iPad instead of the Kindle. But get the iPad with the Kindle app and so on and so forth my biggest problem is that my kids swipe my chargers Same. like i don't like where's my charger and so uh-huh. i have to get i have to like put washi tape around
0: it or like you know yeah. sharpie it this is mom's do not touch oh i i literally just i bought all of us these three prong chargers because of course my kids all have kindles and iphones and whatever laptops to take USB C, and i've sharpied everyone's name onto the cord i fully totally did that Well, it is time to chat with BJ, our resident therapist. Hey BJ. Hi, Kristen. So we got a couple similar questions that we're kinda gonna kind of group together to answer. But we had one mom who was talking about her how her twelve-year-old has just become really attached over the last 18 months of quarantine and is struggling with kind of you know, separating again and and going back into regular life. And then we had another question that was that I think so many of us relate to, which is just, you know, as we're getting back to a place of normal, as far as school resuming and normal schedules and activities, how do we help our kids that are having a struggle and anxiety with going back into all of these settings? So I thought today we could talk about how to help you know, specifically older kids and teens who are having anxiety with getting back to school and regular life.
2: Yeah. I think this is going to be harder than anyone's anticipating. Yeah. One of our listeners sent me um, a meme from Instagram today, and it was talking about how we've turned off, you know, where we were a year ago in or in April of 2020 and we've we've kind of worked our way through it, and now we've gotten to this place where we're living kind of a quote unquote normal life, and we've actually had periods of time where we weren't masked, and that kind of thing, and, mm-hmm. and life feels normal again. But we're, our bandwidth is still really low. We're still so exhausted. Low. Yeah. And the meme basically said something about holding how they weren't prepared for holding an empty hose or a hose that hadn't been turned on and I was like oh let's take that metaphor a little further I'm not prepared for what's going to happen when I don't have the strength to hold it when it gets turned on again yeah I feel like we've we're just now reaching that moment where we could kind of begin to climb our way back out but we're going back in yeah and I think the emotional aspect of that is going to be really debilitating for adults yeah and Putting kids back in school after most of them having a year of virtual only, and even those who haven't, it's been a hard year. Yeah. This has not been a normal school year. And so when you, when you plant a 12 and up year old, a, a adolescent from middle school through high school into that environment, and you ask them to navigate everything there is to navigate about middle school and high school,
0: which is forget traumatic the academics in and of itself. <laughs> yes,
2: exactly. Forget the academics, just the social part. But they've had no social life, and so you, especially that twelve year old. This may be their first year going into that environment. They already feel socially awkward. They would already feel socially awkward if this had been a normal year. But now all their social skills have been annihilated. They haven't had the chance to practice them. It's, n- there's been nothing normal about s- social mm-hmm. lives. And so to assume that they would not have this anxiety is I think a naive on our part. And I think it's really important for us to be able to look at this and figure out what your kids need yeah. before they step in to do this. A few episodes ago, we talked about normalizing therapy for our kids. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm going to say this at the same time I say it, it would be so great if we could create those resources for our kids right now at this time. But what I'm learning and hearing is adolescent therapists are so few and far between. Kid therapists, same things. Mm -hmm. And they're booked. They're booked solid. Adult therapists are booked solid. Yeah. I can't tell you how many people have reached out to me recently asking for help because they have, they have made five, six, seven phone calls to therapists and gotten zero phone calls in return or even a response to an email. They're not even getting callbacks, much less finding mm-hmm. a therapist yeah. that they can work with. And that's even more so in the, the kid and adolescent world. And so, Somehow we've got to find these resources. So I think it starts with us as parents. At the end of the day, we cannot help our children regulate if we're not regulated. Mm -hmm. So if we're relying on external sources for our well-being, now's the time to start weaning ourselves off of those and coming back to reality because yes. we've got to do our own mental health work right now. We've really got to find our feet on the ground because if we can't, then our kids are, are not going to make it. So this is where you call in your resources. This is where you go to your own therapist if you have one mm-hmm. or you check back in or if you have to find a group therapy situation for your kid or for yourself, whatever's available to you, find it. I will tell you, for all the vilification of social media, Instagram is an amazing resource for mental health. Mm -hmm. It is, if you're following the right people. If you're doing it right, Mm -hmm. and you know how to find those people and those accounts, and I'll be happy to post some, if you're interested in that, we can put
0: that in either the show notes or- First of all, BJ, people should follow you. I mean, you post a ton of mental health resources. I do. I try to do that on a daily basis.
2: And it's just, I'm reposting what other people are doing, but I'll also comment on them. And usually it's from the perspective of our community and the other people that are that I'm constantly in contact with. I do a lot of parenting um, things. I follow a lot of gentle parent um, accounts, and I do that for two reasons. Not only is it a really great way to reframe the way we parent our children and our adolescents, but it's also a way of reframing how we reparent ourselves. Mm -hmm. And when we can apply those same principles to ourselves, our ability to show up for our kids grows Exponentially. Yeah. And so I do that, but then I also really connect with these, these accounts that provide resources around trauma healing and really a lot of self healing is available to us. We really can do that for ourselves if we are creating space for it. So this is the selfie podcast. We are based on self care. Yeah. Whatever you've been doing to default into survival mode. It's really time to lean into finding ways to care for yourself, provide those resources for yourself. Ask for help. Please, please ask for help. Ask your friends who are doing better than you are, who are more resilient than you are. Ask for your therapist's help. Ask for your clergy help. Whatever help is available to you, reach out so that you can get really grounded and really regulated so that mm-hmm. you can then in turn provide a really safe environment for your kids to struggle because they're going to struggle in this yeah. and having a space as we've talked about before where they just know you're there you know with adolescents you can't look them in the eye and ask them a question <laughs> and get the answer you want it's just Absolutely. not gonna happen You got to come through the back door. So I've heard you all kind of talk about it. Some of you are constantly looking for that podcast that you can turn on in the car that might get them to thinking about Uh things and you can comment on it. Great way to do it really nonchalantly Mm -hmm. in the car, in the bed at night with the lights off, any situation where you're side by side, not face to face, you might get your kids to talk about things, but don't ask them questions. Get them to talk. Just get them talking about anything. Yeah. And if you can get them to talk about anything, then things will pop up that will, you can get, step into curiosity when you're talking to your kids. Stay in this place of listening and hearing. And going, Oh, well, tell me more about that. What do mm-hmm. you mean when you say this? Yeah. Um, Oh, what do you mean that person said this to that person? How did that make you feel when you heard that? Or what would you feel like if you heard someone say that about you? Mm. And what do you, do you ever, do you ever find yourself feeling the need to defend someone to somebody? And it's hard. Just have these hard conversations mm-hmm. where you just share your own experience with your kids. You don't have to have a lot of answers. Just yeah. share your experience, share your hopes and your desires for how you would like to see your children be and how you can support them in becoming who they are and living the life that is truest to who they were meant to be. And that's something that we're all kind of seeking, but don't be afraid to seek that alongside your child. Tell them you struggle with it too, yeah. because that me too makes them feel less ostracized because every 12 year old going into middle school feels ostracized i don't care how cute they are how popular they are how loved and energetic and all of that they are whatever they present like Mm -hmm. on the outside internally every one of them has the same turmoil going on fears of belonging all of it the same ones we all have yeah that we struggle with at times That's where it's the worst is where they have the most stories about they don't fit in. And so a lot of times these big personalities are just their way of pretending they don't feel those insecurities. And yet they're still there. And sometimes we see it. We see our kids isolate. We see them hold back and we long to see them engage. But the way you get them to where they can is you teach them how to create safety for themselves, how to recognize when a person is safe for them. If something doesn't feel right, how to exit that situation. Give them an out. One of you posted Mm -hmm. in the group not long ago about your kid being at a sleepover, and you found out later on through your GPS uh, uh, on his device that he was out skateboarding in the city at 11 o'clock at night, and they weren't doing anything wrong, but you weren't sure how to respond to that. And I think everyone responded. So many people responded with, this is a conversation with you and your kid, and how do you give your kid an out?" In those situations, how do you teach your uh-huh. children and create a safety net for your children to be able to say, Hey, I can't do this. Right. When they don't have the courage to say, Hey, I can't do this. So what can they do instead? Text you and say, Hey, mom, I need you to come get me. And then they get to say, Hey, I don't feel good. I'm going to have my mom pick me up yep. or whatever it is, but you'll always be there to support it. Give them those outs. You don't have to have a lot of answers. Just show up for your kids.
0: And you know, one thing I want to say to this question, just on a practical level too, because I know there are a lot of us parents in this similar situation where our kids just got vaccinated in the last month or two. And we, and, and now it's like, there's the opportunity for us to put our kids back in sports and put our kids back in all the things they were doing before, like, things are reopened. And as you mentioned before, it's like things are reopening, but we aren't all the way healed, nor is this pandemic over. And so I think just on a practical level, too, as we're helping our kids with this anxiety, like being careful that in our excitement that our kids have the vaccine that we're not signing them up for too much right that we're we're going gently back into life you know that we're keeping some of the traditions that a lot of us started over quarantine you know we I mean in my family we had much more family dinners together we had more evenings together like it needs to not be like going from quarantine right back into like over scheduled
2: Absolutely. You know, recently there's been a shift in my friendships where we've started practicing this language around, Hey, I need to talk about something kind of heavy. Do you have the bandwidth for it right now? Mm. And I'm going to tell you that is so powerful. And so normalize giving your kids the freedom to ease into something and to tell you what they think they can tolerate instead of trying to, Shove them out there. You know it's going to be fine. You're going to do okay. You know we have a tendency to tell kids mm-hmm. how they should feel mm-hmm. because we're so eager for them to be okay, and we think if they can just get back to normal, they'll be okay. The truth is, there's nothing normal about how we're living right now, and so they're not going to step yeah. back into normal. Yeah. So being able to say, Hey, listen, let's just make a commitment that the, at the end of the day, if there's something upsetting that happens that we'll talk about it. Okay. Yeah. And you tell me what you need. If you need to talk, if you just need to be in silence together, or if you need alone time, uh, whatever it is, you get to ask for it and we will honor it. And Let us help you move back into this because I know this is scary. I know this is overwhelming and it is for everybody. Just remember, it's not just for you. Mm -hmm. Every other kid feels just as overwhelmed as you do. Find your people, stay with your people. If something doesn't feel right, move away and find somebody else that feels safer and you pay attention to your body. Your body will tell you if you're getting overwhelmed and oversensitized, listen to it, honor it, Give yourself the space you need. Even if you find yourself sitting alone at lunch, if that's what you need, do it. Yep. And we'll talk through what that felt like at the end of the day and give me the opportunity to help you find the tools to move through this. Cause I know this isn't going to be easy, but I'm here for you and I will take your lead on what you believe will help yes, you. Absolutely. Tell me what that is. Mm-hmm. If we can just give that to our kids yeah. instead of trying to fix it for them, like yeah. we so desperately want to do, I think that will
0: help. I think so too. Hey, thank you for joining us. Continue the self-care conversation with us on Instagram at Podcast and in the Selfie Podcast community group on Facebook. You can also visit our website to check out the resources we've talked about in each episode at selfiepodcast.com. Make sure to subscribe to Selfie on iTunes so you can catch up with us next week. Take care.